Welcome to the Baseball SDL Podcast. JJ Bailey back with you once again, joined by my noble steed, handsome producer Mike. Mike, welcome back. We gotta stop telling people that I'm handsome. I'm getting people that this uh, is audio, man. They'll never know. You only put me on the Instagram videos, so that's true. Never know. I'm always you're a man of mystery, the man behind the curtain. Like Oz. Unless you go to KMovie.com, the new KMovie.com, yeah. and you find a story written by me, you can see a lovely picture of me and my dog at the I bottom don't under, I don't every have time. You, have you told anybody about that? I haven't. That's, so I, this I is, mean, this like, is leave it. In, like, I kind of, like, leave it, but it's right also now. very creepy that you don't you didn't post that photo to this site, and yet there it is. Yeah. Oh, well, enough of that. Uh, we are dropping a little bit later this week. We had a new site uh, launch here at KMOV. We migrated to a completely new platform completely new front end uh you can look at it and email us about how much you hate it if you like that's been going on for 48 hours now uh but mike and i were unable to record yesterday because that was launch day uh but we're with you now and before we get started i do want to say uh to the listeners out there thank you very very much for doing this i know that uh it has been four years there has been on and off there's been gaps when work or resources or life stuff kind of got in the way and we've tried to keep this going and, and keep it as regular as possible so all of you who have stuck with this podcast i really really appreciate it it makes it fun to do it also allows us to get out of our normal uh roles and actually spend some time talking about the cardinals uninterrupted and not having to write so big thank you to all the listeners and anybody who's reviewed it or anybody who is hate listening because getting those clicks and <laughs> We appreciate those as well. So let's get into this. The Cardinals, it's as it stands, as we record, 74 and 59. Four and a half games back in the NL Central. First place in the wild card. Up a half game on those dastardly Milwaukee Brewers. I want to say, Mike, let's go back. A look back. Take it back. Take it back. On August 1st. The Cardinals are two games over 500. They're four and a half games back in the wild card. And seven and a half games back in the NL. They're in fourth place. They are, how would you describe them? Corpse-like? Yeah, that's that's trade deadline time. And I think in our podcast we said this doesn't look good going into this is, <laughs> the month of August. So. This is a an uninspiring Yep, lackluster... Squad. Then they get rid of Tommy Pham, and then they free themselves of Greg Holland. I'll put it that way. Luke Voigt, also on his way out. Matt Adams comes in. That's later. But Shreve, Tyson Ross, they come in. Now, you wrote this down here on the show, Doc, and I find this very intriguing. According to MLB.com postseason projections, the Cardinals had a 7% chance of making the postseason on August 1st. They're two games over 500, four and a half games back in the wild card, and frankly, look like they don't care. As of today, they have a 72% chance. That's a 65% increase, all thanks to the month of August. Did you see this coming, Mike? Don't lie to me. You didn't see it coming. <laughs> no, I, I absolutely I mean, didn't. this is – wait, and this is – it's not just that they just started to play well. Like, you know, some teams, they have that – yeah, okay, they don't look like they're going to make it. They're not on the playoff. Okay, and then, then they play well for a while, and they kind of get back in the mix, they and it's it kind of interesting. They give a spirited effort towards the end. The Cardinals 
what they did in August, and I have to look this up, but it's got to be pretty close to the best month for any team in the league. This season? This season, yeah. yes. Yeah. I don't think any team has had one month that went that well for them. And what the Cardinals did isn't just started to play better. They literally became the best team in baseball. Yeah. For an entire month. And that's what it took to get them back in this race, but they did it. Yeah. I think it's interesting. We were, uh, I was talking about this with a buddy that they should, they might have to retire the month of August as like the number, <laughs> but get, him, get, a, get a statue out yeah, front. Yeah, get a statue out front, retire the number. But what number would they retire? There'd be number eight. And who's wearing number eight, who could be part of the reason why August was such a good month, but the new manager. Seamless transition right there. There you go. That's that's. Uh, you could retire number eight and like, just for August. Right. It'd be perfect. It'd be perfect the, because it would have the double meaning. Exactly. Because Mike Schiltz, you know, they they believed, you know, change at the top here in the dugout. I won't say the top top, but change at the, the managerial top was going to change the culture, change the energy around the, the team, the juju, the coaching style, the communication style, gives some guys a different – uh, reason to play didn't start out exactly the way you'd want and then all of a sudden goodbye Schilt turns this team into a juggernaut and they're winning against good teams and they're winning two of three in Colorado stuff that like that team had no prayer taking a series from the Rockies in Denver 30 days ago it felt like it's, he's hit the afterburners on this team. And because of that, the Cardinals said, we can't wait, man. We're going to do this marriage now. They had a date pick. They had a venue. And they said, you know what? Let's just elope. So they send out a press release on, what was it? What day was that? Tuesday? It was Tuesday, yes. Tuesday. Send out a press release on Tuesday. They say, hey, we're going to have this press conference uh, if you guys want to come by. <laughs> uh, Friends and family are like, hey, I thought the wedding was at the end of the season. What are we doing here? Like, are they, are they doing something? Like, hey, if you can make it, come on by. And they did the dang thing. Mike, do you think it was premature? I do. I think the move was going to happen at the end of the year. But it, it makes me curious why they did it when they did. Because you don't see – how many games did he manage up to that point? Like 30, 30 – It was, was he like 26 and – was it 38 games? Yeah, it's 38 games. Something like that. that, that for a, for I, had, I knew run, that a second ago, and I can't remember now. <laughs> um, for a test run, you know, it, I found it interesting that they moved that quick, which makes me wonder if other teams were starting to sniff around. If the Cardinals wanted to go after a Girardi or were entertaining the idea of a former player like Carlos Beltran, they were kind of thinking that if other teams, you know, a, a team that's looking to shake things up, they see – what Schilt's doing, he's got the background in baseball, if they heard rumblings of other teams maybe being interested in Schilt. So I think, yeah. I don't know if that's the, the number one reason, I'm not saying that, but I think that that could have played a little bit. In, but I was I was shocked to hear that they made a move like this because the Cardinals, we talked about this whenever they fired Matheny, they're not a team that, that does that in the middle of the year. No. And I honestly don't had never seen them as a team that would do something like this where they would hire in the middle of the year either. I know they had the guy, he was in the dugout already, but well, they, that, they I, I was shocked some by some weird position just to get him in the major league dugout. You right. know what I mean? Th this was their guy, you know, quality control manager. I'm like, this ain't a target. You know what I mean? This, you know, this isn't Coles. You don't need quality control manager. That doesn't make any sense. It, this, it was kind of a made up position to kind of get him on this staff and get this thing a rolling. 
firing midseason, like you said, that's not something they do, right? Because they value consistency, continuity. But I think that is why they hired him. I think it's probably unnecessarily too soon. I I don't think that anyone is sniffing around. I don't think that anyone if it's if it's strange for the Cardinals to have committed after thirty plus games, thirty eight games or whatever, it'd be even stranger for other clubs to be coming calling on a in a meaningful way because you know what I mean like he's already on the Cardinals they know everything there is to know about Mike Schilt and this is the guy that they saw being this manager and there were still people to be like boy I don't know this seems awful fast you guys are moving awful how well do you know him have you met his friends but now take that to an outside organization that'd be way way too soon for them to be meaning like I'm sure that they were interested, but to be meaningfully pursuing him to the point where the Cardinals are like, we sign him now or we lose him for, I I just don't see, I I can't figure out an organization that would have been that aggressive in courting him to have triggered this. Yeah, I think, I mean, there are teams out there like the Angels, for instance, who Sosha's more than likely done after this year, so they would be getting a jump on a managerial search, I believe at this point, so that's, that's one name that came to mind. Also, the big thing is, is think about the things that Matheny, Matheny had this team and they still weren't succeeding. Think about the things that were not going well with Matheny at the helm. It was the bullpen. It was defense. Yeah. Now think about the things that have been gone really well. Gone really, really well. Getting young players to play consistently. Exactly. Yeah. I I think that the Cardinals I'd have a hard time believing that the Cardinals didn't think that they could get Schilt anyways if there was you know, if they get to the end of the season. Would Mike Schilt really sign with the Angels mm-hmm. over the Cardinals, given how many young guys he would have just coached for the second half? And I mean, it'd be it'd be awful hard to not be excited about managing a team that has a, a this young like a, like this many young guys playing this well, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there's LA's got some issues. You know, you don't you have a pretty good rotation, you got a pretty good bullpen, you got great defense now. All of it's being fueled by young guys. I think. It, the Cardinals should have been, if they weren't confident, they should have been, that Schilt, they're going to be priority number one if yeah. it comes down to like He's a, a Cardinal a, life a open season, right? Yeah. But I think the reason they pulled it quickly, or at least more quickly than most people uh, thought appropriate, is because of that continuity thing, because of that consistency. They like surety. Mm-hmm. And what is – they didn't, you know, they wanted they extended Matheny because they didn't want him managing last year with a contract like an unknown contract coming over, like hanging over his head. They extend Schilt. Not only do they hire him, they give him the two years in addition to that because they want this thing settled. They want to know who their manager is. Do you have an issue, Michael? No, I was oh, just I thought you were in trouble. No, oh, okay. I thought you were in trouble. Okay, <laughs> so they want to know who their manager is right. They want the players to know, this is your manager. They want Schilt to know, this is your manager. No more ambiguity. We don't want people talking about who's going to manage the Cardinals in 2019. They don't like that. They don't like to be a headline because things are uncertain. And I like Schilt better than I like Joe Girardi. And we edited this part out because I accidentally said Joe Torre and Mike let me talk for a while to be a fool. But I'm saying the correct one now. Joe Girardi. I get so used to saying Joe Torre. If you grew up, if you grew yeah. up in the 2000s and the ni- 90s and 2000s, you Joe Torre. So Joe Girardi, the drumbeat coming out of New York was consistently that he didn't 
connect well or didn't excel at coaching young guys. They didn't feel like they rated. They didn't feel like they they had a place. You know what I mean? They always felt like they were, you know, like a freshman in high school. Hmm. They never felt like it, that. That was that was what was coming out of New York media. Now again, you and I weren't in the clubhouse. We certainly didn't play for the Yankees. We can't be sure, but there was a lot of consistent reporting that kind of backed backed that narrative up a little bit. That's not a guy you hand this Cardinals team to. You hand you hand uh, a, a more seasoned, veteran-laden team. Like, you would hand, like, the Nationals to Girardi. Those are guys that have been around. You know, you're not breaking guys into the league. And I think given some of the troubles we saw with Mike Matheny handling guys like Colton Wong and Matt Adams and even Piscotty and Grichik, um, he didn't really – thrive when connecting to young guys he was more of an old school guy veterans first and Schilt is more of an egalitarian coach and I think you see that reflected in the elevated performance of a lot of the up and down younger players that are now pretty steady now I know I know that a lot of people like Girardi and I was I mean he would have been the worst manager in the world it's just that it's pretty clear that coaching style is extremely important, especially when you have a youth, a, chock, a roster chock full of youth, right? Schilt is the right style. He's very even keeled, and like we talked about with Ben Fredrickson when he was on, is he'll he's going to do something. Come talk to him about it. You might not like it, but I'll explain to you exactly why I'm doing it. Now I'm going to probably do it anyway, but you need to know why, and that at least that at least gives you some context, so you're not wondering if you're on the road to getting benched or you're on the, you know, you're on the outs and you're, you know, Oh my God, am I going to get options? No, like you have a clear reason of this is why I'm doing it for this series or for this game or for this at bat. That's kind of stuff that, that Mike didn't necessarily thrive at. And I don't think Girardi thrived, thrived at either. Also, we've only seen, we've barely seen 40, 40 games from Mike Schilt. So, you know, all of this could just be, I mean, it'd be one hell of a dead cat bounce, but it would be, it could be a dead cat bounce. It could just be one of those anomalies where like a team just gets hot for a while, but it's pretty, you, you, you painted such a clear picture. Why was this team just mediocre and just so aggressively mediocre? Pick out the flaws. And now why has this team been so great? All those flaws have become strengths. So it'd be a lot of weird cosmic aligning for this to just be luck, I think. Now, unfortunately, I grim reapered Colton Wong. <laughs> yeah, you did. After last week, if if you missed last week's episode, go back and listen. Mike very politely gave me the floor for five minutes, which I turned into about fifteen minutes talking about Colton Wong and his underappreciation historically and even right now. And then, like clockwork, once you go in hard on a player really urge people to watch certain things about that player there goes the hamstring and you know he said it was day-to-day but if you watched him pull up when he was running down the line that's not day-to-day i mean we've seen you're, you're pulled a, before yeah he, he grimaced pretty hard at that and you're you ever pulled a hamstring i have not okay I, you're young and in shape <laughs> when you get older and your body gets worse i'll tell you i actually i pulled a hamstring i've only pulled a hamstring one time but you feel it immediately yeah and when you react the way that Colton Wong reacted, 
you know immediately, oh, that's not going to be like a day or two. You like you just you can't you just need to rest it. Like there, he was never just gonna he was never just gonna be coming back. So he's on the DL. More importantly, not more importantly, but more critically, head, head to the pile. Yeah, is that it's been it's been compounded with the fact that now Jed Jerko on the DL. Uh, so you're stacking these guys up. Ozuna remains on the DL, and and Wong went after Jerko. Yeah, but it was. But Jerko went after Wong. Wong but, was well, but it was retroactive. Jerko was retroactive. So yes. Wong was. In, hang on a second. This is why this is such a stupid thing. Jerko was injured first, but Wong hit the DL first. Yes. Because Jerko was being held out, and then yeah. eventually went to the DL. Yes. Anyways, you're compounding this because you lost two infielders, uh, one of whom is a very, very dependable bat in your lineup. Mm-hmm. Ozuna's still on the DL. And probably will remain so until call-ups, at least. Yeah. Um, Which those begin September 1st, right? Yeah. So, so this weekend. So this weekend. But depending on where they're, how they're going right now, they might keep him keep yeah. down for an extra week if they can. Yeah. Uh, on the reverse side of that, I mean, that's that's rough. Because now, I mean, again, this is you're going to start seeing, hey, if you're, you're the new head manager – Here's a challenge for you. Yeah. Um, all that infield depth you just had a couple weeks it's ago. gone now. Yeah. Matt Adams is going to be getting some tick yeah. for sure. Right. You got to play Greg Garcia a little bit more. Greg Garcia. I mean, I think you probably go into this. I mean, you got to look at batting platoon splits, all that stuff. But, I mean, Garcia's probably – I would play him at third. Yeah. And put Carpenter at second and put Matt Adams at first. Your thoughts? I like it. it, it where's Jose Martinez playing? This is he in right field. Mm. Mm. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So right then you field. have O'Neal, Bader. Martinez could play right. Munoz off the bench. Yeah. Or Martinez uh, can come off the bench. Munoz can play third. You know, I mean, that's what's nice about having Munoz is he can play. Old Gyro can play pretty much anywhere. And so whoever needs a day during this stretch doesn't have to power through, even though you're down a second and third baseman. Yeah. I'd like, I just want to see Matt Adams get some more. He hasn't looked good so far, but he's he's you know he's just got to break in a little bit. Yeah, he'll get I there. I think I think Matt Adams. I'm we're, I'm going to defend that pick. I'm going to defend that pickup all the way, all the way to the grave if I have to. He's I, he'll be fine. And also, as we saw, sometimes it doesn't have to be fine. But if you hit a two o two curveball of Clayton Kershaw in the playoffs, nobody nobody nope. cares. <laughs> nobody cares what you did. Yep. Nobody cares you what you did forever. your entire life up to that point. Now that you've done that, that's where your life starts for most people. Um. But you get a couple arms back potentially. You know, Leon after battling the the nerve issue and yeah, the, all and, season. and uh, he he was, I really liked him out of spring. I thought he was going to be really really val- valuable, and his body just did not cooperate all season long. Um, looks to be back, yeah. ready to go. Rest, ready to go. Uh, had a great quote saying, you know, when he came out of the the tunnel, I was in Colorado, and he said like. This is a baseball field. Like the, a major league field is the only place that you feel like this. So he was actually he was actually one of my preseason picks. So if I really hope he comes on strong here at the end <laughs> because I thought he could be one of the more valuable guys of the pen. Uh, and then a much bigger name, certainly in St. Louis, uh, is Adam Wainwright on his way back? Question mark. Does he, as John Mozeliak say? I imagine he'll slide right back into our rotation. What? <laughs> do you? Would you do that? No. 
No, no right? No. And I don't Is that just a service to, to I think Wainwright? So. Just to if if I think so. I think that, that is that is a GM acknowledging that hey look, you've been a the face of the franchise for a long time. You have been a very, very good representative for us. I'm not going to even if it's going to get people all crazy, I'm not going to have a public de- like debate yeah. about whether or not you're good enough to be a starter. I think that's happening behind closed doors, and I think there's no way. I mean, maybe. Maybe. Maybe they give him a start and they see how it goes. But the problem is you've got, you've got a, a working machine right now. Yeah. You, you don't need to add any more parts to it it's running exactly the way you want it to run you throw an extra screw in there somewhere the whole thing could go haywire that's the i also think that like many he might slide right back into that rotation for one more start at bush and then he could end up calling it a career i don't think he's a call it a career in that way type but if if his body's telling him that like look you can you can make it back to the mound but you're never going to be able to to pitch for a whole season again he might be ready for that but mm-hmm. he's you know he's he's an insanely competitive guy and he he threw pretty well in his rehabs i think the, it was never about whether or not he could make it back it's just that when you come back what are you right are you are you a once every 5 day guy almost certainly not given the the wear and tear on this arm through surgeries and and many, many pitches thrown. I think it's it was a very diplomatic way of saying we we welcome Adam back with open arms. We'll get to that decision when it actually happens. I would love to see him have one more at Bush. Oh, though. absolutely. You know, I mean the ovation he'd get there. Oh. Well, let's look forward to September. Final month of the year. And you made a you made a you made a, an interesting note here that I think is easy to overlook. Um, the The reason that the NL Central standings hasn't really done much is because the Cubs very quietly just rattled off seven in a row. Yeah. Four-game sweep the Reds in there as well. Cardinals hopefully looking for something. They finally like could week. beat the Reds. That yeah. was yeah. oh my god. They could finally be, like, I mean, <laughs> you knew that was coming. This is like regression to the mean. The the Cubs were never gonna not be able to beat bad teams all year. Right. So the, some of those wins are those wins are coming. They're gonna make up for it. Now this is that's what's so insane about this is the Cardinals just ripped off a historic August, and all it takes is a, a little winning streak from the Cubs and they go nowhere. That's why being in that fifty and fifty that was that's a brutal hole to be in mm-hmm. you know that uh there was an expression and it was when i you know it wasn't for a 162 game season but the 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 idea was everybody wins 50 games everybody loses 50 games it's what you do with the middle 50 mm-hmm. that separates you and now obviously there's not 150 <laughs> games but you know what i mean right um they had they had won their 50 and they had lost their 50 and it's like, well, what are you going to do with the middle part? Because that's going to be the playoffs right there. Yep. And so far, they won 24 of them, and they lost nine of them. So they're putting it – I mean, they're putting it to them, but that's why starting so poorly, all it takes is a, a, a Cubs winning streak at the same time, and you're just treading water. But no more treading. Time to swim forward. September is coming. Do or die. 16 games at Bush, and – as you pointed out here on the show, Doc, 11-5 and five since the break. And that is 
so crucial because that was one of the things we wrote about in the big three like oh two months ago and they were sub 500 at home and they had been for several years yeah for the past two and a half seasons yeah essentially they were bush stadium one of the toughest places to play they had they had won was they had won at least 50 games at home three years running and then they they ripped off two losing seasons and were on pace for another one this year now They've turned it back into a little bit of a home field advantage. 11-5 and five so far since the break uh, in the Mike Schilt era. Yep. Can't wait until that expression is no longer <laughs> applicable and we can just say 11-5. and five. Six, 16 of those uh, games in September are at Bush, and then 12 are on the road. And obviously, given the August they've had, their road record has been pretty good as well. It's been 15-8. and eight. Um. 15 games against teams below 500. Uh, nice. Yeah. Very nice <laughs> because you know how this season ends. And there are 13 games against teams with winning records, but you know what's kind of waiting, that gauntlet, that final run. So yeah. to have to be able to stack up a bunch of garbage teams for your final push here is has to be a relief. Because if you remember, they came out of the gate under Schilt and went to Wrigley. Right. For five games. Five games, yeah. and then, <coughs> Excuse me. And then I'd rather they played in between, but then they had the Cubs right away again. Yeah. So they've been tested hard and early. So this they a, a string of kind of mediocre teams would be, I assume, a, a, yeah. a welcome uh, treat. You have the fledgling Nationals in there, uh, the Tigers. The new-look Nationals. The new-look Nationals. Uh, one more series against the Pirates. And then San Francisco you have a series against – and then you got teams like the Dodgers. You have a weekend series against at home, yeah. a four-game series at home, and then uh, Brewers and Cubs in there as well. Yeah, that's that's a that's gonna be it's gonna be a tough it's gonna be a tough run. It'll be so. hard for this team to back into the playoffs yeah. like years past. You yeah, ha- they're gonna have to. Show there's gonna it. be no doubt. Yeah, yeah. There's gonna be if they make it. There's gonna be no doubt that they earned their way in. Yeah. Now, I liked that you had if the season ended today and it was. Uh, it'd be Cards Brewers, Cardinals host Correct. for the wild card game. That would be Tuesday, October 2nd. You can buy your tickets at cardinals.com. <laughs> also sponsor this podcast. No, because then I have to say <laughs> nice stuff all the time. Who do you start in that game? Cardinals Brewers. Uh, who are they starting? Sashin, uh, probably? Probably, yeah. Ulis? Um, You know, right now? I'm going to take the 22-year-old. You want to say Jack Flaherty, didn't you? I want to say Jack Flaherty. I thought about that. Honestly, like, if I step back, I could probably talk myself out of it, but my gut reaction is if the season ended today, because this is okay. the hypothetical, right? If it ends today, it's Brewers-Cardinals. If it ends today, I don't know how it isn't Jack Flaherty. So the only the only way I feel comfortable in not being – and you never want to say this um, – in a one-game playoff scenario where you're, you're just going to save a pitcher. But if the Cardinals are feeling good, I would be comfortable with a Michaelis in that game. If yeah, he, I, I think he's probably the only other The candidate. other option, yeah. yes. So then you could set up Flaherty for a game one start if you so ha- happen to win that game. But I don't think you make – I don't think you take risks like that. I think I, I you think go with Flaherty in that game. He's he's pitching the best right now. Oh, he's been unbelievable. And I know that people talk about how you know, he's 22. That's too much to ask of him. Yeah. Is it? I mean, <laughs> he play, wants he's pitching you, good games. He, big he's games a, he's a big boy. Game. He's a professional athlete. He wants that to be asked of him. That's why he. Yeah. That's why he loves the game is to 
play to pitch and those kinds of situations. And I think I think it's a little easier too with a guy like Flaherty if you want to manage that real if you're gonna manage it tight. Okay, see what he gets you, but pull him quick yeah. and go to your bullpen because you got you got, you got Weavers and you got, you got Martinez. Carlos Martinez down there. Okay, that's fine. Take that gamble. But if he goes into the eighth inning with one hit, like like he's see, like it looks like a, the last couple starts he's looked like oh this one's going the distance. Yeah. I don't know. I don't care if he's I don't care if he's eighty two or twenty two. Look at how he's pitching. That's that's how you should make that. You decision. ride the hot hand in a game like that. Yeah. Now the AL wild card game would be a tough one for you. That's tough. That's what are you talking about? Athletics at Yankees, though. You'd just be you'd, be you'd be sweating all oh, day. So that would be the, so Your the dog would be real concerned about you. Yep. We'd come and sit next to you. <laughs> Wild card uh, game one uh, would be the NL game, the Cardinal game. So mm-hmm. that's the first playoff game, and then the following night, Wednesday, would be that. And I believe that Friday is. Or man, I think they do start on Thursday. Would be when the rest yeah. of the playoffs would start. And you'd have you'd have back to back nights of your your beloved Cardinals and your beloved A's. I I I'm there's a nightmare scenario where these two teams play each other in the World Series. Oh yeah, no winners for you. <laughs> no, no winners for you, dude. That would be a very lopsided like uh, like national interest like fan base oh, thing. Yeah. Like that would be and two diehard fan bases, and then no one else outside of the yeah. Cities that'd be would there would not be a whole lot of people <laughs> cheering on the Cardinals uh, A's World Series. I'll tell you one thing. I think the A's lose it if it's in New York. I think they win if it's in Oakland. Yeah, they uh, Yankees, I believe, have that playoff four game lead on the A's. The A's actually are still only. They just had a pretty good series with Houston, where I believe Houston won that series. Yeah. Unless that wrap ups. No, you're right. Um, but they're, they're still only two back of the Astros. So the Astros, yeah, you know, they're definitely the favorite when it comes up to that matchup. But they can't be messing around in September. You do not want to. Yeah. You do not want to go play a one-game playoff in New in York Oakland or in New York. Or, you know, if you're or, you know, no, if you're Houston, you definitely don't want yeah. to. You want to say division. if you're anybody else, you definitely don't want to end up playing Oakland. Yeah, <laughs> and you don't want to play Oakland in a series. I, that yeah. that place right now, it's it's where magic happens, man. Yeah. Uh, D-backs at the Braves. Can I have a hot take? Go for it. I don't care about that <laughs> series. I don't care. I, I was into the Braves because it was like the Braves are so bad, and now the other Braves are actually pretty good. And like Osuna's amazing, and they've had some really fun guys. I don't care about that series. Yeah. Do you? That, well, the, a lot of things can change, especially in the National League. That's a that's a series like even Colorado could take. Yeah. Diamond See, Colorado, I'm in. Dodgers could get hot and jump. Dodgers, I'm in. I I I'm much more interested in yes. those two teams. Yes, I agree. That but, this is uh, this, of of the scenarios. This is the Least most boring. Yeah, this is yeah. the most boring to me. But when you head over to to the AL again, that's all pretty much set in stone. The, you know, yeah. not a lot of things can change with that. You're probably going to see an A's Yankees wild card game. Um, more than likely, yeah. More than likely, the the Mariners are, I believe, now four and a half or five games. I think it's five and a half actually out of that of that A's wild card spot. I think they're and that's pretty I tough. Think they're toast. Yeah, they they that's really, a lot of ground to make up in one. They've month. hit the injury bug. They haven't played consistently in the second half of the year classic Mariners fashion. Um, <laughs> I was like, so, wait, the Seattle Mariners? Yeah. So, really, the, the one I'm looking forward to, I mean, if, if you get Yankees, Red Sox, I would, you would hope that that you could, that, that you didn't have to see that in the first round. You could hope for a – Like an seven, ALCS, yeah. yeah. But that – I I am not – everyone that's – I know the, the Indians are the worst of the AL teams that are going to make the playoffs. Yeah. 
they have the experience. They've and they're and they're like <laughs> they are a good team. Yes, like it's it's Andrew Miller again hurt. Yeah, which their bullpen and their outfield are their biggest. But they you know they they can make a run. I'm not when I look at that Houston Cleveland Cleveland series, Houston would be fun. Yeah, I think. that's probably the best. I mean, besides the Cardinals Cubs or Brewers Cubs division series, I think that that's the best series to look forward. I to. think so. I think Yankees Red Sox would be fun, but I'd rather honestly, I would like I would like. Uh, A's Red Sox. That would be. So I think because because that's like you need like some opposing cosmic force to how good the Red Sox yes. have been this you need, year. You need the team that everyone like. No one wants to root for Goliath. Yeah. We want to root what? for David. And, and you need this other one, this other team that is is capable of doing. Like you're not sure how they're doing. You don't know how they keep coming <laughs> back to win yeah. every time. And you know the the Red Sox are so good. It's not even like it's fun if you're a Red Sox fan, obviously. Yeah. But it's like they're not even they're not even fun. Like there are teams in that division who are more games out than they have wins. <coughs> Orioles. <laughs> in, in case you're not, in case you weren't uh, watching baseball at all, the Orioles are barely a franchise right now. Uh, as are the Royals. Yeah, the Royals. <laughs> yeah, but the Royals. It's clear that the Royals were like, we had our moment in the sun. Yeah. It's time to start Let's that start from that, scratch. that life cycle. We'll do over it again in ten years. The <laughs> Orioles went from like, ah, they're they, they actually they went from ALCS, right? They went yeah. ALCS AL wild card game to down. Okay, there's something to the playoffs. All right, well they're okay, uh, but they're not. You know, they're probably not. No pitching. And never had pitching. Yeah, and to all of a sudden you woke up in 2018 and you're like, hey, are the Orioles even alive? Hey, like, will someone check their pulse? Is it just <laughs> a bunch passed of, out for a while? Is it just nine bags of flour that get placed out on a field and then the other team just kind of like has a scrimmage? And Unless then, they're playing the Yankees, they have yeah. the Yankees number for some Which, reason. Every that always happens. You always got to have one. Like Clayton Kershaw is the greatest pitcher of his generation and the Cardinals, he cannot beat the Cardinals in the postseason. Yeah. Like, it's just one of those things, no matter how badly the Cardinals are hitting, he can't beat them. But I would say you, you counter the, the Red Sox juju with the A's juju. And I think you could see some of the most entertaining. Yeah. Th- that'd be a, that'd be a five game series, but right. Yeah. That'd be a five game series. Yeah. That'd be the BS. Yeah. So that'd be, That'd be – and it's contained to such a short burst. That's what I like about it. If I can't see the Cardinals win at Fenway, I would really like to see the You're A's convinced win. that they've never won at Fenway. I don't I – don't, I can't think of a time. <laughs> well, you only have a, a few years to draw on, so yeah. give it time. Yeah. Give it time. Yeah. As you age and become like me, you can remember pretty much everything. Or <laughs> nothing remember. at all. Uh, who won the national cha- uh, championship in basketball last year? Uh, Nova, because okay. they went back-to-back. Who won the NBA Finals last year? Warriors. Yeah. That's that's cheating because they win all the time. Yeah. This is uh, the one you're that picking, <laughs> you're picking guys. Who, who won the World Series in 2015? Uh, the uh, Kansas City Royals. So you're you're doing you do better than me at, at the end of seasons, unless it's like when the Cubs won. Like the, yeah. that one's pretty seared in. The yeah. Cardinals, obviously. Um, like I just I my brain just <laughs> purges that information. Yeah. Now I knew it was Nova. Uh, but like, if you asked me who won two years ago, I'd be like, I don't care. I can't remember. I, it would have been North Carolina, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, no. So this, this. If we're see, talking, see what's happening. Yeah, I know. It's the it's the messy. championship before this one. Who won it? Nova, right? Nova didn't no, go they, back to back. No, you're right. They didn't. North Carolina beat Gonzaga, and then the year before, see? Nova beat. It's North but Carolina. it's it's a mess trying because to remember there's all that Nova. Stuff. There's too so much I'm, Nova. So what I'm telling you is, we only went back two years. Somewhere in there, there's a Red Sox loss at Fenway to the Cardinals that you don't remember. So it's, it's there. Right. It's there. All you right. just have to find it. <laughs> well, thanks for sticking around for that weird pop quiz I just gave Mike. 
Uh, we'll be back next week on Thursday. Uh, hopefully, work stuff will be calm and we'll be able to record, uh, though that's about a 50-50 uh, endeavor these days. You can find me on Twitter, at Bailey. You can find Mike on Twitter, producer Mike, at Mike Steve Ritter. Thank you guys again for listening. Thank you for putting up with us every week. It is the reason we get out of bed on Wednesdays and sometimes Thursdays. We will see you in seven days. In the meantime, be nice to each other. <laughs>